Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Paulson University Podcast, the podcast for dog people. If it's your first time listening, I'm John, a former animal cruelty officer and a former animal shelter supervisor. And I'm Jamie, I'm a certified dog trainer and a canine behavioral consultant. On this episode, the problem with command-based dog training, coming up. Second time's the charm. It's <laughs> bad. Sometimes was, it just happens. We've been one taking the intro for a while now, and it's it's worked out well. But uh, of course, he kind of just got really excited I, 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 really I, I, quickly. I, I, I tripped over my own words. And <laughs> it kind of seemed like you were yelling at me. I got confused for a second. <sighs> well, I'm going to be yelling at you. Why? Because this is a salacious title to this episode. Come who What's wrong with command based dog training? Or some people like to call it a cue, and they get very personal about that but why why do you got beef with it and that's what i was trying to ask in the intro and he said why do what's the beef you said something about beef and you were like yelling at me this so he was like whoa that was really bad and i was like what were you trying to say but apparently he was saying what's your beef with this um any updates to get into before we talk about today's topic tishy Um, oh yeah yeah dr mammon she's fine she's dr mammon set us straight on cytopoint Yes. Because uh, last two episodes ago, we were, we were not talking. happy about it. Yeah, we were not, ta- we were not happy about it. Uh, most people know that we don't like Apoquil uh, for allergies with dogs. Um, and then Cytopoint is made by the same company. So we just have a bad taste in our mouths about that. We did try it. Tishy's on the older side. So we were really thinking about it. We were like, she's miserable with these pimples and these she's allergies. She's so itchy, just nonstop all day. Yeah, was just, just biting red. at her feet. And, and her skin was hot and she was just, everything I was trying to do holistically was not working. Um, and that is what I usually choose to do when it comes to allergies because I would rather not put pills in them after what happened to my pit growing up. So, right. Which we've talked about. So. Yes, we've talked about that in depth. Um, so we went back to the SPCA uh, where we normally see Dr. Mammon, but she has just come back for, from um, maternity leave. And she is super booked because everybody loves her. So we had to see her colleague and it went well. Um, I just think, and and Dr. Mammon really described this to us and John can explain it better than I can. Oh, is that your way to lead in for me to take over this yes, conversation? Exactly. Cause so I basically don't we, know the science. we were trash talking side point because she got the injection and how long it passed? Like almost a month. Almost yeah. a month had yeah. passed and very Nothing. little relief from the itching. Maybe like the first or like the second to fourth day. A 10, I 15% saw relief. A I would little say. bit of a difference. But and there was it still worked. a problem. It went right back. So we found out through Dr. Mamma. She had texted us after that podcast aired and she said, See, you got the text, so you know better than I do. But She said, did she have an infection on present? On the skin. Yes. Was there an infection right. on her skin? And then I showed her all the photos, the photos that I had taken and this and that. And usually, um, Mammon and I text about stuff, but she just got back from work. And I didn't, I guess just got back from maternity leave, so I didn't want to, like, bombard her. So I just let her colleague handle it. So she was like, wait, no, go back. Let's figure this out. And um, yeah, so yeah. she squeezed us in. Um, obviously, she had an inf- tissue had an infection on her skin, so the cytopoint can do nothing as far as that's concerned. Uh, cytopoint's job is really to kind of block the reaction to the allergy. 
Um, that's like as simple as I can get to it. But when there's an infection on the skin, that's the source of the itchiness and the bumps and all that stuff. So we started her on a, a form of prednisolone. It's which called Temeral, Temeral P. Right, which apparently we were told not to Google because there's a lot of bad information out there and ignorance. And um, It's more of a traditional drug and a lot of newer vets tend to go with the more apical or cytopoint route. Right, so she did her onboarding dosage, which was three days and now she's every other day, and she's cured. Yeah. She looks amazing. So, first off, um, she had pimples, little exploding blood pimples filled with blood and pus um, in between her toes and then on the paw pad. So, like, literally, this girl is trying to walk, and she can't because she has wounds on the bottom of her feet. So, that actually made her start limping and then her arthritis got even worse um so she was itching those biting her feet constantly always licking so she constantly had a a hot spot she was losing her hair um her skin was always pink her forehead and her tummy was always super hot and i didn't think anything of it until we got her on the antibiotics and the temeral p her little, That's right. We had a course, a ten day yes. course of antibiotics. Antibiotics. As well. We needed to clear up that infection. Um, oh, look who it is! Oh, hello, Oakley. He came. He's like, you guys aren't talking about me. All I hear is Tishy's name. I'm having anxiety. Attention wrong. to me. <laughs> um, so got her on the antibiotics and the Temeral P. And when I tell you, her little belly is like cold to the touch now. She's like a normal temperature. It's the weirdest thing in the world, and I didn't realize it until we got her all clear uh, cured that. She was always like super hot because her skin had had a serious infection on it. Right. So poor uh, girl and her ear infection. She always has her left ear always has an infection that like looks like wax, but it smells. But I thought that was just an infection. Or not? No. I thought that was just an allergic reaction that was causing that. Mammon said that that was included in everything going on in her body. Right, it was one big problem, yeah. and right now that problem appears to be solved. Yes, with a drug that I feel a lot better about giving to her frequently. Yeah. Um. Now we need to address her. Um. I'm having trouble with my words today because I'm exhausted. That's okay. Um. Her arthritis. We need to yes. address that. So. We're going to do a little more research until we're ready to do it. There's a shot for it that Dr. Mamet had recommended. So we're going to talk with her again in the future yeah, and there probably are some, start that because it's getting worse. There are some side effects. So we want to make sure that she's going to be okay. So I think that has us caught up. Oakley is um, fine. Oh, Oakley is Oakley. Oakley is Oakley. Pudge is... Getting stressed out with us being I'm just going to say it. She's a... Oh, oh, the wrong button. You got to label it. I got to color code them. I'm getting licked right now. See, this is not an <laughs> ideal podcast studio. All right. That's right. We're, com- we're coming at you pre-recorded from the 1980s kitchen. That has also become my sweatshop for sewing. <laughs> we'll talk more about that later. So yes. anyway, Pudge is being a... Which one is it? That which one. one is it? This yep, one? Yep. Pudge has been a <laughs> lately, and I don't know why. We do know why. So... My parents, like, are her number one fans. Like, she loves them. She feels the same about both parents, both set of grandparents, which I is I promise nice. we're getting to the meat and potatoes Yes, we're soon. getting there. Um, but she was used to coming to the Freehold house, my parents' house, by herself for weekends at a time, weeks at a time, and just getting spoiled by my parents. And it would just be the four of them, just her, Gatsby, 
Noni and Poppy. And now it's her, Gatsby, Noni, Poppy, Oakley, Tishy, me, JJ, and John. Hi. And she, I swear, she looks at us when the, the all of us are together and she's like, when the... Oh, sorry. When, when the... the are you guys going home? Mm-hmm. Um, like, get out of here because she's like over it. I think she is dealing with some stress, even though she doesn't show stress the way that Oakley and Tishy do. Um, I think she gets grumpy. I think she gets ornery. She doesn't want anybody to touch her. Um, she refuses food. Sure. Yeah, she's been not eating. She'll she's, get breakfast in bed. Um. Yeah. She'll Which, otherwise, we don't think there's any health issues. No. She's just. This is how she no, gets. I think she's handling she's her upset. stress. She also has acid reflux that I think is also exacerbated by stress. God, she is my daughter. Oh, 100 percent. No, she is you in in dog form. So that's the dog updates. We did it all in ten minutes. Yes. Nine minutes and forty something seconds. I don't know. Um. So, JJ's a thriving toddler. If anybody's wondering. Okay. Um, meat and potatoes. Meat yeah. and potatoes. So. Why do you want to talk about this? I want this? to talk about this because it's something that our clients that come to us really, really struggle with, that they don't understand. It. And it's people that reach out to me to begin with, right? They get Either they get my number from somebody, they see it on Facebook group, they see the podcast, whatever. I don't think it's just clients. I think it's, um, it's, it's peers our society. in animal welfare as well, which yeah. is another whole other issue. Yes. So when we think of our dogs we think okay i want the perfect dog right so we go through the whole slew of trying to figure out what kind of dog we want breed this and that um are they smart can they learn this can they learn that blah 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 blah. and we really don't understand that there is a difference between behavioral training and command-based training and what i always tell my clients is i could literally care less if your dog knows how to roll over or give me paw if they are not happy, if they're not genuinely happy and healthy dogs who feel understood and all, and their cup is being filled, that doesn't matter to me. Like it, it, I don't care. It doesn't, it doesn't impress me at all that your dog can do X, Y, Z. Um, most people come to me when they're already at their wits end and they're like, I don't know, my dog knows how to do all this stuff. They're just stubborn, yada, yada, yada. And it's so frustrating for me to have to rein people in and explain that our dogs should be treated more like our children. Right. Right. Like you don't teach your kids how to do certain skills and then only only use those skills, right? Like we ask a dog to sit, right? If I only asked Oakley to do command-based training, he, he would never get better in any of the stressors, any of the things that make him, you know, his quirks and, and the things that we're working on from him being abused and stuff like that. Um, any dog across the board, right? Any dog can know commands and, and, and understand them. And we can use them in our walks of life to make things easier for us, but they are not the meat and potatoes, they are not what make dogs who they are behaviorally, emotionally, personality-wise. And that's really what I want to discuss today is that we need to stop thinking about our dogs and, and trying so hard to make them this perfect thing because we're going about it all the wrong way. If And that's like the same I always say about our kids, right? If you're just trying to make your kid perfect and mold them into this perfect little mold, they're going to crack under the pressure. They are 
going to give you pushback. They're going to not have any fun with what they're learning from you or that you're making them do. Um, and they're not going to be a happy kid. And it's the same thing with our dogs when we're constantly putting pressure on them and trying to make them do exactly what we want them to do without understanding that their personalities and their quirks have a lot to do with their behavior and just acknowledging their behavior in general, we're going to have a problem. So that's why I wanted to bring it up and I wanted to to really discuss that so everybody can start to look at their dogs differently. It's all about how they perceive the world and not so much about us putting all the this pressure on commands in general or cues. Shake it off, buddy. Um, yeah, and this also applies to dogs that are in a rescue situation where that's like if they're in foster or they're in a shelter. Yeah. A lot of people seem to think that basic obedience is is the, I'm not going to go into too much detail here, Yeah. but they seem to think that basic obedience is like the recipe for, all right, th- we got to get this dog adopted, make them more adoptable. When they're exhibiting like serious behavior issues, aggression. Commands are not going to do you Commands are useless. What is it? What, what is your commands going to do? Uh, us, that's And that's where a standard trainer, you know, it's good to set the foundation and commands have their place in creating confidence and, you know, Things like that. But when it comes down to actually fixing a behavioral issue, modifying the behavior, it's not about commands. Reinforcement drives behavior. Mm-hmm. Plain 100%. and simple. And what we see a lot is basically people just trying to say, oh, this dog needs training. And they send them to training. And yeah, they learn commands. And that's that's great. Right. It's great that the dog can heal, but then... Or, it's just so or do shut agility. Down. Like you can do agility all you want, but if if you're if you react extremely poorly every single time you see a dog, nobody wants to adopt you. Right. So that, agility doesn't help you. So all those things, agility, commands, cues, they have their place and they have their own importance. But what we're talking about here is like when a dog's exhibiting serious, undesirable behaviors, a command isn't gonna fix that. Nope. If Plain and simple. If they're reactive towards people. If they're reactive towards dogs, please tell me what command you're going to use to get a dog to like dogs and people. Like you can, you can use the look command. You can use things that they understand to kind of help them through those moments, but that's not going to change anything. And the problem is where those behaviors are rooted. Yes. It's, it's really sad. So really, I want everybody to really start thinking about their dogs and stop putting so much pressure on the command based things, right? So like, I'm going to use an example of a client that I'm currently working with. Great family, love them. They're super sweet, but they are way more type A than I could ever be. They are very like by the book. They have their schedules. Um, Their house is immaculate. They're just those type of people Um, where mine is not. Mine is messy. (laughs) I am definitely more go with the flow. It's it's your mess. You know where everything is. Exactly. It's organized chaos. Um, So, for them, they are very oriented. Um, they're very training oriented with their dog. Um, command based, you mean? Command based, and he's very smart. He is a he's a golden doodle, but he looks way more like a retriever than a poodle. I wouldn't even know. He just looks like a mini golden retriever. It's so right. weird. Well, so weird. He's the more so cute. we we breed these things together, the, yeah, they're very, gonna start to change and evolve. Yeah. They were like, "This is not the dog that we thought we were getting." <laughs> it's like I understand. Um, Sweet dog, very sweet, very high strung, um, gets very excited when people come over, super friendly. 
Um, they've done wonders with his leash reactivity, him not pulling on the leash anymore and just genuinely like working with him more. But the one issue that they're having right now is that they try to walk him four times a day. They have a beautiful house, beautiful backyard, but they're so, I'm going to say they're so anal about walking him because they want him to get the correct amount of exercise for his, for his personality and his breed. Right. Um, and, and mom's putting so much pressure on that that she doesn't realize that she's creating a monster. And we discussed this So she's two missing days ago. the mark somewhere else? Miss, no, it's not that. It's like she's forcing him to go walking. When he doesn't want to. He does not want to go. So now every single time they go to put his harness on, he goes to bite them. Okay. And yeah. he wants, and he's not hurting them. He just is like trying to tell them, I don't, I don't want to go for a walk. Right. And she's like, but he needs to go. And I'm like, why? Why does he need to go? Because you want him to go. Because you want him to go. He right. doesn't want to go. And I think for him, he likes to be home. He is a homebody. He is comfortable there. And not saying that that's not something that they need to work on. You know, we, we want our dogs to be bomb proof and for them to go wherever and, and be happy, right? Because that's what our dogs deserve. But it's freaking hot out where it's the dead of July. Um, it, it was 94 today and I only live 20 minutes from her. So it's not really changing much. So and he's got that longer hair. He's got a lot of hair to him. Right. It's probably really hot for him. Yeah, and the pavement's probably hot. And- so they go at 7, 7.30 in the morning, noon, 4.30, and then they want to take him for a nighttime walk. Which I'm is exhausted just picturing Just hearing that, right? I was walks. like, we never take our dogs for walks. Like, And she's no. telling me four times a day. And they have a backyard, right? Yeah, yeah. a huge backyard. Um, but he doesn't. Now, here's the, the other part of this. Because of all the thunder and the lightning that's been happening at night, he does not want to go out once the sun goes down. He is petrified. He does not want to go outside. Anxious. Um, so it's definitely, he'll get leashed up more more in the day in general, but at night is when he really gives them a go a run for their money. Um, and he really generally does not want to go out. So I said, why don't you just let him out in the backyard? She was like, well, I guess, I guess we could. Like she, it wasn't even something that she had thought about because she's putting so much pressure on the walks mm-hmm. that she's missing. Like, what was that? I don't know. Our dogs are romping around out there. Um, she's missing that mark. She's she's misunderstanding the whole the whole thing. Right? Would you rather him go for a walk and be petrified, or would you rather him just go out real quick, do his peepees, comes come back in and and be safe in his house and start to want to walk again? Who told her to put so much emphasis on? Like the physical activity. Was it the breeder? Probably. I never, I didn't ask her that, but um, I think she thinks that if she, that if she doesn't do it, she's not giving him what he needs. So they, they, and I don't want to say it in a bad way. They spoil him mm-hmm. in, in a good way. I think all dogs should be spoiled. Um, it's not like he knows that he's spoiled. He's the only dog right. that's living that's there. That's the most important thing. Um, so yeah, every dog should have every possibility thing in the world to make them happy. If you, if you can afford it, why not? Right. Um, but I think she thinks because she's been doing, he's a year and a half, she's been doing it for so long now that she thinks that if he doesn't go, he's going to suffer. And I'm mm-hmm. like, he's suffering more when you're chasing him around the house, trying to leash him up. And he's getting to the point where he doesn't want to go so badly that he's trying to bite the people that he loves the most. That's not fun for him. Yeah. Does she listen to this podcast? You know, I don't think so. Did you recommend it? Send it with all your, yeah, I usually always do. Cause I feel like she could. Really benefit from reading over the five freedoms. Yeah. Because if she feels guilty about not getting enough walks in mm-hmm. and not burning off that energy, I'll just read them real quick. 
Uh, the five freedoms are basically the five freedoms that are necessary for any animal to be happy and basically to have their cup filled. So freedom number one is the freedom from hunger and thirst. So by ready access to fresh water and diet to maintain health and vigor. Number two is freedom from discomfort by providing an appropriate environment, including shelter and a comfortable resting area. Three, freedom from pain, injury, or disease by preventing or or rapid diagnosis and treatment. Four, freedom to express normal behavior. This is the important one in this situation. Mm -hmm. By providing sufficient space, proper facilities, company the animal's own kind. And five, freedom from fear and distress by ensuring conditions and treatment which avoid mental suffering. So the problem with this situation is number four, freedom to express normal behavior. I would say five too. Freedom from fear and distress. Well, it's it's becoming five. Exactly. Um, because of the deprivation of number four, I believe it's causing mm-hmm. number five. 100%. So freedom to express normal behavior. In this situation, if the dog doesn't want to go on that third or fourth walk and you're forcing them to go, those walks are not normal behavior. They're not what the dog wants to do. It's not enjoyable. And you're removing any option. To get away. Right. The dog doesn't have, you're not giving the dog the choice. And you know what she said? Well, the dad said, and again, they don't mean any harm. They love him so much. He was like, well, once you get him like under your arm, and he's tiny, he's really not that big. He's like maybe 35, 40 pounds. He's like, oh, when you pick him up under his belly, like he stops fighting you. And I'm like, I know that you don't mean that badly, but you have to understand that when you're taking his freedom away from getting away, like, of course he's going to stop. He doesn't want one to hurt you and, and two hurt himself. Right. So he's not, he's going to give in, but that still doesn't change the fact that he doesn't want to go on the walk. And this has probably become the only way he knows how to communicate that. Mm-hmm. Does he? Because do, no one's listening to does him. Does he go to bite for walks number one and two early morning? Only for grandma. And I think it's, <laughs> it's because he loves her. I don't think he feels Safe. as confident outside with her because she has not done the training like mom has done the training with me. Mm-hmm. So we have completely changed the way that he is with mom on the walks in general from the training that we've done because now he actually he enjoys going out there he's not getting yelled at anymore he's walking nicely he's focused he's not nervous but with grandma when they're not home and it's just grandma home with him i think he doesn't feel as secure going out so that first walk he like kind of gives her a tough time but she doesn't push it which grandma was actually really good she was like all right if he doesn't want to go out i'm gonna go sit on the couch when you're ready to come over Mm-hmm. Then I'll leash you up, which is exactly he and comes that's over. Giving freedom number four, freedom to express normal behavior. Because if he wants to go out, then you're allowing him the option to go out. Yep. So I thought this was a good topic to bring up. I don't ever like to, you know, single out my clients, but this is normal things, and I don't want them to feel like they're doing anything wrong. I mean, that they're, you know, doing anything purposefully wrong. Right. No, right? they're they're trying to provide the yes. very the, the they're most just, that they possibly can. They're just focusing on it way too much that they're ignoring the other signs right. and. I, the reason why I bring these things up is because you may be you at home may be doing the exact same thing, and I want you to know, I get it. I know that you have like the best intentions in the world, but we have to do what works for us. I just thought of another example. So, um, we have been working with and we've talked about them numerous times. Our friends out in California, um, Camelia and Rhett with their dog Inara. Um, they have been doing, I mean, they are like my shining stars, I would say, of 2021. Like, mm-hmm. they have been working with me for almost six months now, and they have put so much freaking work into this. Um, she has nipped multiple people. She has been rehomed four times before them. 
they put all of their effort into her and they have a baby due in a, in a month. Didn't they just get a puppy too? No. They no, get another thinking, dog? No, you're thinking of um, Alex and Peter. Okay, yes. With with uh, Lulu. Different yeah. family. Yes. But very similar type of dog. Um, they're in upstate New York. But Inara um, has been, and they've been submersing her comfortably in a lot of stressful situations that normally they wouldn't even dream of doing. Um, so they've been doing a ton of work, ton of work, ton of work. And then recently, um, they were like, all right, so we're having our couple friends come to stay with us for two weeks because they live far away and they're bringing their dog sky. Sky is super timid. That's the other dog I'm thinking of in that situation. Yes. Sky is like an older lab, super chill, non-confrontational, uh, non-reactive. So great dog for them to practice on. I think their biggest thing was like, we don't know when we're going to get a gonna get another chance like this to practice with a dog like sky and i was like all right so we have to do this slowly obviously she's meeting two people that she's never met before and they're going to be living in her house for two weeks so that's stressful to begin with right um so anara does not like going on walks very similarly to um my other boy um what happens to her, I think she thinks that she's getting abandoned again every time she goes for a walk, anytime they leave the property, she loses it. The leash itself stresses her out. She's way more reactive. She's spinning around, um, pretty much like spiraling out of control. Um, straight up not having a good time. And I, I told I told Camelia, like, the walks are supposed to be fun. And if they're not fun, take her home right? This is supposed to be for her. And again, we want to make sure that eventually she can handle a walk, but we have so many other things going on right now that that is not my number one concern. I want her to feel content and happy and, and just feeling like she's secure more times than not. So if we have to eliminate the walks for right now, that's okay. We will slowly pick those up again, right? So sky comes. And normally when I do my dog meets, I always do them outside and I always try to do them not on either of the dog's territory. But we can't do that with Anara because she's so stressed out when she's off her property. So for her, it's better for her to be on her property. We, it's not always a complete black and white situation that you do this, you don't do that, right? Like I always say, John probably hears me all the time when I'm on my calls. If I was gonna write a book on how to train a dog, it would be a million pages long because there are so many different scenarios. It'd have to be one of those... Um choose your own story ones where it's like turn to this page (laughs) um so what they what we wound up doing was i said where is anara most comfortable outside and i was like can you guys walk around the property because i have a decent size size property and she was like honestly i think that's going to stress her out more and i was like okay so we won't do that so they met outside on the deck that they have it's kind of like an enclosed deck and she did okay she was definitely still anxious because she was on the leash that is the most proper way to do it so we're not risking anybody getting hurt um but this really stressed her out so like there was some barking going on and like when sky like got up from laying down that like upset anara like she was like what are you doing like she's just fearful um so I said, you know what, let, let them decompress for a day or two and we'll start again, but we're going to do it differently this time. Inara is way more comfortable being in the house. So what we did was, and I never do this, this is the first time that we, I have ever suggested doing something like this. Um, Sky was in the guest room with her parents. They put up a baby gate and dad was standing at the baby gate with the door kind of closed over. So Inara could see Sky without being leashed up 
and all that was between them was was dad and the baby gate and like the door kind of being closed over a little bit she did so much better with this so much better like she was very interested in sky she was like sniffing her ears and sky was interested with the baby gate with the baby gate so uh, i guess barrier reactivity is not a problem for her not not a baby gate but a leash throws her off her game she is so reactive and she's so upset because i think it brings her back to when she was being abandoned and in the shelter back Mm -hmm. and forth back and forth um the reason why i bring this up is because talking about restrictions and like being so uh routine oriented when it's not helpful for your dog um they don't allow anara on the beds or the couch and the couch particularly She's only allowed on the couch when they when they ask her to come up on the couch, right? So, but no beds. She's not allowed on beds at any time. Sky, while they're meeting with the baby gate and stuff, and I see, I they actually sent me the video, so I got to see the whole thing. I'm I'm watching Anara's face the entire time. You can hear Sky jump up on the bed because she's allowed on beds, right? Anara's face completely changed. I forgot that this was a situation that, that the other dog was allowed on the furniture. Yeah, and. Anara's face completely changed and then they told Sky to get back down so she came down and then Sky came back over to the baby gate and Anara kind of like not like muzzle punched her it was like so little like they thought that she went to nipper and like when I re I rewatched the video a few times I'm like no her teeth her mouth was completely closed um it was almost like a hey why'd you do that I'm not allowed to do that right and then she went com- learn the rules back. yeah she, like she went right back to normal but we see right here that that restriction for Anara made her feel a certain way about a different dog. And they, the correlation, I mean, for us is like not even a thing, right? Like that's not even something that we're thinking about. Yeah. But for Anara, like she was like, I'm not allowed to do that. Why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Right. And she didn't hurt her. Um, she actually, in the beginning, when the, when the video first started, you see Anara's head kind of go over the baby gate and she goes towards Sky and she kind of gives a little bit of teeth. And then when she realizes that Sky isn't re- responding to that, she completely relaxes and gives her a kiss. And I was explaining to mom, I was like, you have to understand, like, Inara is trying so hard to be a good girl and to just balance herself so so you can just see it. Like, if I posted this video, it would be very interesting for people to see. Like, she went from excited, that's why her head went over the gate, to fear because she realized how close she was to Sky. And then went back to excitement because she realized that Sky wanted nothing to do with hurting her. And it was like, boom, 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 boom. Like within, I would say, five seconds of each other, all of those emotions at once. And she was, she was putting in so much effort to be good and to be sweet to Sky. And I told mom, I was like, you should be very, very proud of her because that was, one, it's her home. She saw her go on a bed like she I've seen dogs rip into other dogs for doing things that they're not allowed to do. And and that upset them. Right. Like guarding and stuff like that, because that's kind of what that is. Like she's guarding a space, but it's not even hers. Um, But she was she was really good about it. And like my thing is like it is kind of proper communication in my book. She didn't hurt her. Right. But she needs to be able to tell her. Right. So but because they don't know each other that well and they haven't been able to freely walk in the same house and Anara has triggers. Anara doesn't like when people turn their back on her. She'll go to nip because it's it's just like that thing in her head that explodes because um, I think people were really not nice to her. And the only time that she felt comfortable enough to showing her response to that was when they turned around. We in our book, we call that a chicken shit. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but she hasn't really been doing that. She hasn't done that to the new guests. Um, she looked like she was going to go and mom used that. This is the time where a look command can help you, right? Mom is watching her behavior, not just expecting that the commands that she already knows are going to fix the problem. She's using commands in time of stress to help Inara through that time of stress. Right. And I think that's what people are missing. They're not understanding that. Yes, you have to use the commands that you work on at a baseline and then use them when it's necessary to help them have a better association about things. Right. If Inara really loves the look command because mom and dad always pair it with food, love and praise, hot dogs and string cheese. Cool. And then she's looking at this woman who's maybe making her feel a little bit uncomfortable and she's spiraling mentally, mom can, can acknowledge her body language and her face and say, oh, Anara, look at mommy. And she looks at her and she's like, oh, okay, I like that command and I like mom's voice and I like getting praised. I'm going to do that rather than focus on this woman who's making me uncomfortable. And that's what I need everybody to understand that commands are great, but they cannot fix a problem on their own. And I, I, that's just been on my heart for a while, the last month. Right. Where there's people, been some frustrations around that on a personal level, which yes. we're not going to get into on the podcast. But mm -hmm. yeah, it, there just seems to be a total misconception, especially for people who don't do dog training, don't know it and don't live it, you know, not professionals in this field seem to think that commands are everything. And then when you start to get into the actual behavior modification stuff, the IAABC stuff, it gets very confusing for people. Because mm -hmm. they're like, well, how how does me just praising and giving treats do anything? They yeah, need, people they look need at me commands. like I'm crazy. I need to be able to say yeah. things to them. People think I'm crazy when I tell them certain things. And I'm like, right. just trust me. So it's a very big uh, misunderstanding. Well, I will have to uh, say our lovely traditional dog trainings, our balanced trainers all over the world are to thank for that. Because... yeah. They're, I always say the negative reinforcement trainers, and if I hear one more time, it's balanced training, I do both. No, if you do any sort of negative reinforcement, you are a negative reinforcement trainer. You, do, you can't be both. You, you, can't, you can't play both sides. It's either one or the other because you are confusing the crap out of the dog. Um, traditional dog training tells us if I yell at a dog enough, they'll eventually stop because nobody wants to get yelled at, right? And yeah, that does make sense. No dog wants to be yelled at. But if we are not understanding how our dogs think, we are never going to change their associations. You know how many times this past week alone, and it's only, what's today, Tuesday? Mm -hmm. Today's Tuesday. I have explained mailman syndrome more times than I can count. While when I'm having the conversation, I can't remember if I said a, a, a certain part. Right, it just, they all blend the together. They blend together. So I'm like, did I say this? And part every yet? time, people are floored at once floored. they understand. I have. I swear, if they could like literally just have like an emoji above their head, it would be the mind blown emoji because they are literally like, oh my god, this makes so much more sense than I could have ever imagined. It 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 truly is amazing when you when you start to understand how our dogs learn and what people don't really understand. I said it yesterday. If people treated their dogs or if people treated their kids the way that they treat their dogs, y'all be thrown in jail. Like straight up. If we did dog training techniques on children, 
we would be thrown in jail. I think that's a good uh, way to kind of have like a sniff test on dog training. And if you're working with a trainer, if they tell you something that you would not feel comfortable applying those practices to your own child, then maybe there's a reason why your gut's telling you no. Mm -hmm. And think of it this way. When your dog is flipping out, growling, barking, lunging, that is the equivalent of a, of a child screaming and crying because they are upset. Stop thinking of barking, lunging, and growling as inappropriateness and being embarrassed. Right. And stop stop using that as a a, uh, teaching moment. Yeah. Um, It's not about you. I don't care if you're embarrassed. It's not about you. I am not here to take away your dog's communication because you feel embarrassed by their response. Right? Um, Yeah. When we're in like ShopRite and JJ starts screaming for seemingly no reason, there is a reason. And us always getting, a reason. there's always a reason, right? If I didn't get him the toy that he wants, he hasn't done this, but if I don't get him the toy that he wants, or I don't let him hold the thing that he wants to hold, he's going to get very frustrated. That is a natural emotion for people, right? Why are we putting so much pressure on our dogs and our kids that we don't put on ourselves, right? When I get frustrated, John, do I, or do I not yell? Um, I mean, I'm not a huge yeller. You're, you're you're a bigger yeller than I am, but when you're real pissed, I get. But I you, get very you're flustered. more of the grit your teeth and oh, I swear to God, <laughs> yes, that's me. Like the old Texan, right? So, like, but I still I still have that emotion, right? I'm not so much on my high horse that I can say, oh, I don't get frustrated. I'm I'm a superior being. No, I get frustrated and I let it out, and I think that we all do as adults. We all will if we're upset enough we'll start yelling and get upset but we don't allow our kids and our dogs to do the same right you got a dog for a reason don't take the dog out of your dog yeah your dog barks for a reason they're barking because they're upset or they're excited right why would that's like trying to t- that's telling a kid to not to not cry when they're upset be a man stop crying right we have made astronomical moves in terms of how we treat men in this country. I think that we are way more open to men being sensitive, to men being, you know, wearing pink, crying, right? Mm-hmm. We want now the men of the world to feel comfortable to be emotional and sensitive and all that good stuff, right? Why are we so moving forward in that area but not our dogs? Makes no sense. It, we're, we're just like, t- we're always 10 years behind, when it comes to dogs. And I don't understand. Because yeah, we used to hit our kids too. We don't do that anymore. You'd get thrown in jail. Why are we 10 years behind? 10 or more, I don't know, maybe 20 years. That's that's really what's been plaguing me lately is like I'm trying so hard to change the world and I just want everybody to slowly understand, right? I don't want this to hit you like a bus because that's not going to be conducive. But we just have to start thinking differently about how our dogs react and think and learn they are more basic than than we understand because we put too much pressure on them yeah we but we put too much pressure on them and then we're a hundred percent lazy right we don't do any work and we expect greatness i i don't understand how we got here uh shitty tv shitty tv and i literally had a client yesterday who i know i've mentioned this before where i have talked about mental stimulation and i equate it to when i got off the phone because i had a client who i in the last leg and the dog's about to get euthanized unless i can fix the dog 
and I say, now I'm going to go watch trashy, trashy TV and not be me for a second. That's what mental stimulation should be for your dog. Mm. I literally had a person yesterday who, unless in that moment I convinced her to not euthanize her dog, her dog was going to be dead. And she was like, oh, well, you know, after everything happened, a couple bites, whatever, you know, me and my son were away for the weekend. And I, you know, I was like, you know, let me just put on Caesar Milan. And I wanted to kick something. I was like, no, stop it. Why did you do that? So finely ingrained in our culture right now. It's going to take a while to shake it. Drives me nuts. I can't. He is like the last freaking person that you should be listening to. He's a groomer. He's not even a dog trainer. Mic drop. Like I can't. It just drives me completely All right. Nuts. Let's wrap up this topic right. here. We're wrapping it up. I'm, so getting, I'm commands. getting off my soapbox. Commands. They have their place. They're great. Every but they dog do not fix behavioral behaviors. issues. And I will say this. Stop waiting until your dog is losing their minds before coming to me, please. Or stop waiting until you're about to toss your dog on the cold slab. Yes. And stick a needle in their paw. Because I think all dogs kind of have behavioral issues. Like this, this is just what we're seeing. Puppies have behavioral issues. And some of them grow out of them. Right. Well, good owners will begin to set the foundation of what behaviors are acceptable and accepted in their home. I think that people have this misconception that their dogs are good and then they wake up one day and they have an issue. No, you just didn't realize. You it's, haven't been it's facing been that situation from or a, it's been brewing Yeah, it's for a been while. brewing and you just didn't do anything about it because you thought it would go away or it was a phase or it was because of your current situation. Like, like puppies have behavioral issues all the time. If um, your puppy is growling at you um, every single time you come near its food, that's not going to go away. Mm-hmm. You, you can't fix that by saying no or spanking them. You cannot fix that. You're making it worse. Right. You have to get a trainer that understands behavior. And unfortunately, there are tons of positive reinforcement trainers. And I, I applaud you for being positive reinforcement because you made a choice. But sometimes we put band-aids on things and things get worse. So if you are not equipped to handle the behavioral issue and you're trying to fix it with commands, please either get the certification, do yourself a favor and go back to school because it's well worth it or pass them along to somebody who understands it because you cannot fix that with commands. Right. If dogs got to work re- together, if dogs are reactive on leash, you are not going to fix that with a leave it command. Stop it. Stop it. Stop. Oh, oh, Pagelina. Pagelina. You hear that? Um, all right. So I think we really nailed that down. Good. 43 minutes. I'm now. glad. Um, I feel a little bit better now. Yeah. <laughs> it's been brewing inside me for the last week or so. I want to give a shout out to everyone who's been supporting us on Buy Me a Coffee. Yeah. Which, if you're not familiar with Buy Me a Coffee, it's a platform where people can support their favorite creators by basically buying them a coffee. And on our website, I think coffee is like $4, and you could buy us as many as you'd like. But we tweaked it. We made a little adjustment, got some favors pulled, and it's Buy Me a Marrowbone now. Woo. So you could buy a Marrowbone for Oakley, Pudge, and Tishy. Um, preferably three because it's three of them. <laughs> yeah, and Pudge just came in here before and straight up stole Tishy's oh, marrowbone. And then she, and then growled at her. She is such a brat. She's such a brat. It's unreal. <laughs> Tishy's like, but that's mine. Um, so you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash possum, P-A-W-S-O-M-E. It's also in the show notes for this episode. Would It says, would you buy Oakley, Pudge, and Tishy a bone? 
So if you want to support our podcast, if you're enjoying it, um, please head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash possum and buy us some marrow bones. And we're going to, we'll, we'll buy the marrow bones off Amazon, the ones that we recommend, and we'll give them to our dogs. Um, Should as, we mention what we were thinking about with the farm and what to name it and what we wanted to do? No, no, yeah. We got to we gotta brainstorm some more. No, no, no. Like opening it up to them and giving suggestions on what oh, we should name our farm. Oh, now there's an idea. I think that we should leave it up to the people. Should we do some kind of, kind of giveaway for incentives? I think that giveaways are always accepted. Before we totally it. get off topic. Yes. Sorry. Uh, the marrow bones that everyone's been reaching out to us about that are, have been on again, off again, out of stock on Amazon because of the shortage due to the pandemic have been back on Amazon for about a week now. Yes. I shared it to our story on Instagram and they're still available. However, there's a variety pack. It's only variety packs and the, the three pack of the large is available twenty three ninety nine, which is the price they've always been. Only one left in stock. I feel on all of Amazon. I literally feel like it's all of our clients buying them. I, they, they were never were, out of stock. They were never, never out of stock until we started and putting them up. This isn't a big company. This is. It even says on here, family-owned small business. So I hope that I hope we're helping them out. Yeah. So now with the smalls, the three pack of smalls, there's only eight left in stock. So altogether, nine packs of marabouts <laughs> left. If you have a larger dog, there's only one left. So you better get on there. Um, that would be possumuniversity.com forward slash recommended, and then from that list, select. Either Marabone's large or Marabone's small. It'll take you to the listing on Amazon, and hopefully there's more on there. But do us know. a favor and go through our link because that helps us. Yeah, out. It, it basically we get a um, Amazon throws us a couple, of, I don't know, a quarter and a dime maybe. Yeah, but it at least helps us to keep the website the going. And then uh, obviously, we've already invested in all this equipment, and I'm not expecting to get that money back. But we have a monthly hosting fee for our website. We have a monthly hosting fee for the podcast, which is more money than the website. So every little bit, whether it be you're buying a marrow bone for the dogs or you're buying uh, us a marrow bone, buying us a marrow bone, or you are buying something through our recommended products list on Amazon, um, it really it goes to support the show. So we really appreciate it, and it's going to keep this podcast going because we're almost at a hundred episodes. I know, cranking them out. Eighty nine, and God forbid we were, you know, not. God forbid we were consistent. So we, had, we fell off for six weeks. Just it's been absolutely insane. Just a little bit. Um, now, the other thing that I want to talk about, we touched on it last week. Canis. Oh, yes. Working dog equipment. That is another business under our umbrella. And it's basically all handcrafted by me in the late hours of the night. In this 80s kitchen from my childhood. Super. But, I mean... I'm not even trying to toot my own horn here. Super high quality working yeah. dog equipment. No, you're doing a really so freaking good job. If you're a professional, if you are a dog walker, a dog trainer, a canine handler, a therapy dog handler, a pet owner who just wants to have the best stuff for them and their dog, go to Canis MFG. That stands for manufacturing.com. It's also in the show notes. And right now, nothing is for sale, but you can do a little preview of what we are selling and what we will be selling. Right now, there's seven items on there. There'll be a little more by the time that all of this launches. And you decided to do pre-orders, right? I am going to do pre-orders on the leash. The um, the seatbelt. Yeah. So I'm gonna. I'm right now, tentatively, we're accepting orders on August 2nd, 2021. So in a week, right? A week? Yeah. Uh, but a week. so we have the guardian leash seatbelt combo. So it's a 
like we talked about. I just redid it after the last time we spoke. There's now a version two that will, that's the one that's going to hit market that has a swivel bit built into it. So the other one did not have a swivel, so it would get tangled up on you after a while if you're it would using just it like as a leash. Twist, not so much tangle up. It just right twist, it so wouldn't it wouldn't sit be flat. a yeah. It wouldn't be like a straight leash. So now I've got the best quality swivel I could get and added that into the whole component. So now we have a full, it's a leash, a five foot leash that doubles as a seatbelt. Halfway up, you have your seatbelt clip. It's patent pending. And um, it's literally the only dog seatbelt on the market that is this strong. It's sewn with Kevlar. Mm-hmm. It is it, the clip that actually clips to the harness is literally for rock climbing for humans. Like, hmm. It's rated for. It's called a frog clip. Twenty five to twenty six kilonewtons. It's awesome looking. It's from Italy. Um, Fancy, but everything. Want me to just read through the safety? Just read about it real quick. No, make them go to the website. No, that's rude. That's rude. The first and only canine seatbelt designed to withstand nine kilonewtons of force. You have to say it with a fun yeah. accent. And uh, nine kilonewtons of force. That's the equivalent of a hundred and twenty pound dog in a sixty five mile an hour car accident. There's literally nothing else on the market that can do that. And I know because the reason why I even started this venture is because I couldn't find a decent seatbelt. For we, Oakley. We had the ones that were made of power cord, but they started twisting and, and fraying on us, so we can't use those anymore. Yep. And all the ones on the market had no safety ratings. They used snap hook clips, which are like a traditional leash clip. None of them on the market can handle more than, I think it's like, 300 pounds which in a car accident it's nothing that's a 35 pound dog in a 35 mile an hour car accident it exerts more than enough force to snap that kind of clip connection but so, people don't understand that like when you're literally in a car accident like you're not in control so you have to understand like if something's happening and your dog is flying through the air that's just gonna snap right no the the amount of force that's actually created and generated in a car accident is insane it's insane a think about my car accident she hit me going 70 miles per hour guess how many pounds of force a 120 pound dog would create in a 65 mile i don't car even accident? know i'm horrible with math and guessing about math just trying to take a guess i i don't know well i i'm pulling up my calculator so i need you to buy a little time <laughs> Jeez. A lot, like like a lot. Come on, I need to know. All right, so 120 pound dog, uh-huh. over 2,000 pounds. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. That's a lot of weight. So like you just imagine like Oakley like flying through the air, hitting the front of my windshield. Mm-hmm. Exactly, because those the ones that we had probably wouldn't have. Held him. I don't. I. I. The power cord ones. I really don't know. Yeah. They were the the highest quality that I can find. But now that's we created this. So I think this is going to save some lives. I really hope it does, and I hope that it makes people feel like they're not just doing you know safety theater with these nonsense leashes that they sell on Amazon, like a two pack for ten dollars. I literally got that for Pudgelina. Two pack for ten dollars. That has a thingy on it to to. To make it shorter and longer. That should. <laughs> if you're what spending safe about $5 that? on a piece of safety equipment that is intended to save your dog's life, 
Come on. Like, really? I know we're always, always looking for a budget, but this is not the place to cut costs. No. So I, I, I tried to get this as low as possible on the price, but some of the parts, because they're so high quality, they're super, super expensive. But right now, we I plan on launching the Guardian Leash and Seatbelt Combo at $54.99. Plus, I think $7 shipping anywhere in the United States, continental United States. So head over to Canis, C-A-N-I-S, mfg.com and the it's also in the show notes and you can browse what we have that's another way if you ever want to support what we're doing here with this podcast and everything it's a different name it's still us we're behind it um we couldn't put one more thing behind the possum no it, it's it needed get to be its own brand so yeah that's what i've been working on for a couple months now so and i would I'm really really proud. appreciate your support very mean a lot and hopefully you trust me to uh protect your pets all right, that's it. Um, August 2nd. Awesome. I should have, assume we're starting out super low, about 10 of them for sale, and then anything after those 10, because we'll I think they're going to go really fast. I There's hope a couple they do. of people who are interested already. Um, once those are gone, I'll start doing, they'll be pre orders so you'll have to wait like two, three weeks while I source some more of the expensive parts, because I yeah. can't buy them all right now. So, that's it. That's all we have for this episode. Wait, what about the farm? Oh, Yeah. It's quick. No one's probably listening at this point. That's not true. Let's hear it. Well, we have to open up the floor for people to maybe put up an Instagram post about people giving what they think our new farm should be. There's named. a million ways to reach us. Yeah, but I think we should have a giveaway. The, I'm, the giveaway is right here because it's only going to be for the podcast listeners. There's incentive here because if you're listening to this podcast, you're a ride or die. And I, just want, I don't want to just open it up for everybody on Instagram who just sees a post, finds the hashtag, and now all of a sudden they're entered to win. If you can give us the name that we end up choosing for our farm slash canine rehab facility, mm-hmm. it's also going to be a, like a farm sanctuary because we're going to adopt farm animals and yes, give I them think a home for the rest of their life. To, like we want to have like a farmstead, I mean um, a homestead where there's chickens and goats and hunt bees and right. honey. And, and we're rescuing farm animals yeah. and barn animals and we are selling produce to the public. Chicken Depending on if I can figure out this whole how to garden stuff. I also want to get ducks. We'll see. We'll see. I hear they're messy. I know. But taking all those things into account, if you can come up with a name for us, what was the thing you came up with today? That I was like, oh, you're kind of in the right direction. Fear-free farm. Yeah. If Which I can... think gives people a really good idea of what we're about. But I want people to understand it's going to be Possum University Rehab Facility at blank farm. Right. So you don't need to include they're separate. Possum. You don't we have already to, have that part figured out. Yeah, don't out. include Possum because it's going to be too much. So it needs to be a farm that hosts Possum University. Yes. Um, if you give us the name, and we're not necessarily going to pick, it has to be really good, and if we really like good. it, <laughs> then we are going to thank you by giving you your own limited edition teal guardian leash. So that's a $60-ish value. What are you wanting at me for? I think maybe the harness, too. The harness is still in pre-production. It's not ready. It's not ready it's not yet. Ready yet. It's not ready yet. So if you want your own limited edition, they're, almost everything made by this company is going to be black because they're going for a very specific brand feel. But there will be some limited edition teals that we'll give out from time to time. If you want to get your own for your dog, help us name this farm. Uh, that's How all should we they have. reach us? 
you know how to find us. If you're listening to this podcast, you can find us. Also, check the notes in the, notes in the show notes. Um, that's all we have for this episode. Please follow us on Instagram at Paulson University. Um, like, subscribe, share with a friend. Until next week. Class dismissed. <laughs>